This is the Sooner Schooner Show, a proud member of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. Do us a huge favor. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars and know that constructive criticism is always welcome here on the Sooner Schooner Show. We can't get better unless you tell us what to improve. So we look for that. And if you like what we're doing, hey, we thank you very much and uh, keep on listening because we, uh, we love that support. Thank you again for everything you've done for us. And coming up on this week's episode, we'll talk about the state of the OU basketball program. Sooners lose a couple to the transfer portal. And on three, rank their top 10 college coaches right now. We'll explain what they got wrong. But first, April the 22nd will be the OU spring game. And that is going to be streamed on ESPN+. You may see this as a drawback. Personally, I see it as a huge, well, no pun intended, plus for OU. And here is the reason why. Spring games are boring. Let's just be completely honest. The most exciting thing about this upcoming spring game is Kyler Murray's statue getting unveiled. Sure, you're probably excited and curious to see whether or not Dylan Gabriel has improved over last year, you're also probably excited about the upcoming recruiting class or I guess the current signing class. And you might even want to see a guy like Jackson Arnold. But spring games aren't real scrimmages. And when you have ones go against twos or ones go against threes, it's very hard to walk out of a spring game feeling like you know much about the team. You may know a uh, a lot or feel like you know a lot about a particular player. I will say in recent history, the two best spring games or two best performances I've seen in a spring game went to Baker Mayfield, the year that we knew he wasn't going to play, and Caleb Williams, which when you left, you were feeling like, yeah, maybe this guy should start over Spencer Rattler. But for the most part, it just it feels like a big get-together It gives you an excuse to tailgate. It gives Campus Corner an opportunity to open and for those merchants to make money. It gives the university an opportunity to make money. And really, it's just a celebration of OU football, which for the fan means you may not feel as obligated to go as you once did. And considering the fact that it's on ESPN+, it means that it will be on demand for a while, which lessens the urgency for you to go. If your kids have a game that day, if you you and the wife have to go shopping, or maybe you're just not feeling like getting up and driving down to Norman, depending on where you live, you can always say, hey, I'll either watch it on ESPN Plus, or if we've got these other obligations, I can come back and watch it a, a little bit later. And you should know that the on-demand for ESPN Plus is not a permanent thing. Uh, I I was on ESPN Plus earlier today. I found some OU events on air. There's a lot of basketball games. The only football game that I found on-demand on ESPN Plus was a Texas game for when Baker Mayfield was the quarterback. However, on YouTube, and this was legit video from ESPN. This wasn't something that somebody just held their phone up to the television and filmed, you could watch the Cheez-It Bowl and see OU get beat by Florida State if you're really wanting to try and break that game down. I don't think you are, but at least it's out there. 
So it's not like there aren't options for you to watch this without going. And this is where I do my usual grandstanding about the spring game and why things need to change about the spring game. And it's not just uh, it's not just an OU problem. It's a college football program. Even Alabama's A-Day, which has had legendary attendance in the last few years, it's ebbed and flowed depending on what the team was going to be that year coming up and when it was held and what the weather was going to be like. There's a lot that goes into it, especially a lot that goes into attendance, especially when it's something that fans don't feel like they absolutely have to be a part of. So the way to change this is very easy, and I'm not breaking any new ground here. In fact, I'm just echoing sentiments of college coaches across the country and my co-host, Pat Jones, but it's a great idea, and that is this. During spring, Colleges need to have joint workouts with other colleges very similar to what we see in the NFL. There are some objections, though, to the joint workout because if you watch NFL joint workouts, you know that there's a lot of fights. And that's probably something that college coaches worry about a little, but not too much. And if you're Oklahoma, think about this for a second. You're an OU fan, and you know that Colorado or Baylor, and I'm using these schools because OU is about to go to the SEC. If OU was staying in the Big 12, I would use Arkansas. But back to the original thought. You get the opportunity to bring the Buffaloes in here, TCU, Texas Tech, heck, Kansas, Kansas State, just another team. And for a week or three days, however the universities want to work it out, maybe you do it over spring break. Sorry, kids, you're not getting a spring break. You're on scholarship. But you bring these teams down for a week. You open it up to fans, or at least you open up the majority of practices to fans. And then you culminate on the last day with a true scrimmage because that's what fans want. They want to know how good their team is or at least feel like they have an idea of how good their team is for next year. And I'll admit, you know, when I had to do post games after the spring games, it never felt like there was a whole lot to talk about. You know, how about this guy looked good, that guy looked good. Then all of a sudden, you start going back to the season in review. You start bringing up other topics. And you, you do that, one, not so much because you're out of material, but you know that that's what the fans want to talk about. You know that only the most hardcore listener is going to be there to know, well, hey, that third-string guard, uh, he didn't pull right on that player. He left a guy wide open and our quarterback would have gotten killed. Well, the good news is, is the third string guard or tackle or center isn't going to be playing much at all during the year. So you don't really have to worry about it. Plus, if it's ones against twos, you've got the first string offense going against the second string defense or vice versa. Or like John Blake did it, ones against threes. You get a false reading. You start to think that the team the defense, the offense, whoever it is, is actually better than what they they are. And the coaches know that during workouts, they don't look near as good as they should. So it's it's an it's an antiquated idea from a fan perspective. And right now, the, the way things stand, you and I aren't going to be allowed into practice, which is something that needs to change too. Media needs to be allowed into practice. You can force the media to leave their cell phones at the door or in their car, wherever, and all they can do is take notes. Can't tweet during practice, but you take notes, you ask questions, 
after practice. But you can't report in real time. You just have to take notes about what's going on, and then you talk to the players and the coaches afterwards. That would be a much better way to do it. And again, you can let fans in on a limited basis. Just make sure that there's a security guard or somebody around because college coaches are all paranoid. And and as long as no one's recording it, as long as nobody is uploading actual video of the practice to social media, it would be fine. But we're just waiting for colleges to come around on this. But I'm real big into the idea of the joint workout. So like one year Colorado comes to Norman, the next year OU goes to Boulder. And if you want to travel and go see see it, great. And that would be great again for restaurants, hotels, um, other venues inside the city because you have to think with a rabid fan base like OU, they will travel and they will spend money in your town. People want that. So hopefully college football, once things get ironed out with all the moving pieces in conference expansion, this is something else that they can work on. And honestly, they could do this sooner rather than later because it's a lot easier to figure out than some of the other issues that you've got in college sports, like the transfer portal, which OU basketball is suffering from this week. Yes, I say suffering from because right now they haven't brought anyone in from the transfer portal, but um, C.J. Nolan is out, and uh, so is Benny Schroeder out. And on the surface, it doesn't feel like OU's lost much. I mean, Nolan's a guy that started eight games, lost his job this year. Schroeder's a guy that played a grand total of 25 minutes. However, I have heard that Schroeder was going to get more playing time in the upcoming season. He wasn't going to start, per se, but he was going to get a lot more minutes. And there's a very good chance that Schroeder is going to be told by some recruiter that he'll get an opportunity to start. And if that's all a kid wants to hear, really there's nothing you can do about it. And this is where you feel bad for Porter Moser because sometimes it doesn't matter what you do, but you you're just going to you're going to lose players cuz they get unhappy, they get emotional, they go talk to the wrong person and they tell the kid to transfer. So you cannot build a program. You just can't do it anymore in college basketball or at least think that you've got any sort of stability inside your program. And what I would do if I was an athletic director, and I know Joe Castiglione won't do this, but if I was an athletic director when it came to college basketball, I would roll dirty. I'd flat out just tell my coach, okay, what do you need in the NIL? What AAU coaches do you need to get to? How do we sweeten the pot for some of these players? What is it going to take to, to make them stick around? And then you just go do it. You do it until the NCAA makes you stop. And right now, with as helter-skelter as the new rules are with the NIL, who really knows what is off-limits? And if it is off-limits, it doesn't feel like you're going to pay that big a price for it. Maybe you lose a scholarship. But basically, the NCAA has only been handing out slaps on the wrist for NIL violations, so you might as well use it to your advantage. The other thing that you have to ask along these lines is, can OU roll dirty? Can they sell their soul when it comes to playing in the Southeastern Conference? And I know what you're saying. You're, you're, you're clutching your pearls. You're, you're aghast that I would even suggest something like that, but you don't have to look any further than Ole Miss, who just hired Chris Beard. Again, Chris Beard accused of domestic violence. 
Strangulation is one of the things that he was accused of. And yes, the charges have been dropped. But you as an athletic director don't have to go by the law. You have to play judge and jury. You've got to feel really comfortable or you just got to be able to swallow your pride, look in the mirror, or swallow your morals and look in the mirror and go, okay, it's it's all about winning. Because in the SEC, you look at Brandon Miller still playing for Alabama in the NCAA tournament despite the fact that, that his actions – whether he likes it or not or anyone else like it or not, the truth of the matter is is his actions led to somebody getting getting killed. So Alabama's still playing with him, and their fans are wearing shirts to support that. Yeah, just look up Killing It Through the SEC, Killing Our Way Through the SEC t-shirt. You'll see how classy Alabama fans were this last week. So with that and with Chris Beard, it just tells me winning is not the only not everything in the SEC, it's the only thing. And are you prepared to do what it takes to be in the SEC? Are you prepared to look at yourself in the mirror when it comes right down to it? And in a lot of ways, I hope not, because Joe Castiglione's too good of a man to do some of this stuff that we have seen. Although, I think we do have to point out, he, Bob Stoops, and David Bourne let Joe Mixon play after he broke a girl's face in five different places. Sorry to bring that up. So maybe OU's already there. Coming up next, what on three got wrong about the top 10 coaches in college football. You're listening to the Sooner Schooner Show. Thank you for listening to the Sooner Schooner Show here on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. Thanks to on three for ranking their top 10 coaches in college football right now. Some of these won't be a shock, like the top three. I, I don't like you. You could guess right now who the top three are. Come on. Who, who are you thinking? Yeah, you're right. Nick Saban, number one. Number two, any chance on number two? Kirby Smart? Yes. Over there to the to the lady in the uh the lady in the interlocking OU shirt. Yes, Kirby Smart number two. You gentlemen over there, yeah, Dabo Sweeney, right third. And you could have you could have said Dabo two, Kirby three. Heck, you could have even said Kirby Smart number one. Not a lot of people would have argued with you. But after there. Okay, after three, this is where on three starts to screw up. You've got Jim Harbaugh ranked four. All right, Michigan's been good the last couple of years, but Harbaugh's a guy that Michigan fans have wanted to get rid of, and the administration hasn't always been thrilled with his work. So the last two years are good, but the overall body at Michigan, yeah, it's so-so. James Franklin at five, Way too high for James Franklin. He's good, but he's not the fifth best coach in America. In fact, the guy that they should have at number four, they've got all the way down at eight, and that's Brian Kelly of LSU. And here's why Brian Kelly should be ranked in the top four easy. Because we've seen Brian Kelly have success at Grand Valley State, a Division II school where he won a national championship. We've seen him have success at Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and LSU. This guy is no fluke. He is a winner every place that he's he's gone, and he's done it at multiple schools. More than Harbaugh, who had good success at San Diego and at Stanford before going to Michigan, and more than Franklin, who, yes, did have success at Vanderbilt, and in a lot of ways having success at Vanderbilt is more impressive than having success at OU, but he hasn't won a national championship at Penn State, so there's no way I can put him five. Um, 
Number nine is Kyle Whittingham, and number 10 is Lance Leipold. I skipped number seven to tell you that it's Lincoln Riley. And before I go into Lincoln Riley and why he is not anywhere near the seventh best coach in college football, I will also tell you that Mike Gundy deserves to be on this list. And I know you're laughing. You're saying it's stupid, and somebody's going to write me a nasty tweet over this if they hear it. But the reason I put Mike Gundy at 10 is because prior to Mike Gundy getting to Oklahoma State, they had exactly one 10-win season. And they hadn't won any conference championships since coming into what was the Big Six, which turned into the Big Eight and the Big 12. He got him there, and he's had several 10-win seasons. I'm also privy to some of the struggles that Mike Gundy has had to go through with the administration at Oklahoma State prior to Chad Weiberg and or Weiberg and prior to Casey Shrum getting there. And only now is he getting the support that he actually deserves from the administration when you know all the behind-the-scenes stuff and you can talk about his bedlam record and the decisions he's making, whatever. When you know everything that he's went through, then you can't help but put him in the top 10. So I don't apologize for it, regardless of what you think the opinion is. But Lincoln Riley, okay, and I'm glad Lincoln Riley's gone from OU because now I can say what I want to about him and OU fans don't get as mad at me as they used to. I've never held back on my opinion on Lincoln Riley. If you've listened to this podcast or my radio show for any amount of time, but OU fans out of some sense of loyalty to Lincoln Riley always felt like they had to clap back. But the truth of the matter is, Lincoln Riley is no better than Mike Leach. In fact, if Mike Leach was still alive, you would put him on this list before you put before you put Lincoln Riley if you know your college football. And I know what some people are going to say. Well, Lincoln Riley's the quarterback whisperer. Okay, let's think about the four best quarterbacks that he's coached. Baker Mayfield certainly had talent before he got to OU. Kyler Murray was the winningest high school quarterback in the state of Texas. Jalen Hurts had had success at Alabama. These three guys weren't doormats, and he didn't recruit any of them. By the way, thank you, Thank you, Nick Saban, for sending Jalen Hurts OU's way. Spencer Rattler was a disaster at Oklahoma, especially in his second year, and he ended up transferring to South Carolina because he got benched for Caleb Williams, who was a natural talent that you or I could coach. And yes, he's had all these Heisman winners, and yes, Caleb Williams is going to be his third number one overall pick, But those guys had talent. It's not like Lincoln Riley is taking somebody like Spencer Sanders and turning him into the number one pick. It's not like he's taking Mason Rudolph and turning him into a number one pick. So I'll always say Mike Gundy did a better job of developing talent because he got talent that were the three-star type kids and he made them better. I honestly do not know how much better Lincoln Riley made anybody at OU. And if you're wanting to be honest about something else, he doesn't care about defense. He always gives lip service for it. His teams are always soft, and you can count on them getting beat in the championship. or Well, not the championship, but the playoffs. And, and that's going to happen at USC. And I know that you've heard all this before. But what amazes me is with all the data out there on Lincoln Riley and all, all everything that we see over and over again, Okay, this leopard's not changing his spots. People still try and rank him as one of the top 10 coaches, and I'm not saying the guy's not successful. 
I'm just saying there are others out there that have done things that are way more impressive at places much harder to do it than two of the most iconic schools in the history of college football. And for some reason, they don't get near the credit that they deserve. But this guy, we're kissing his butt. We're still calling him the quarterback whisperer. Yeah, let Lincoln Riley coach at a place like Pullman, Washington, like Mike Leach did, or Lubbock, Texas, where he went to school, or Starkville, Mississippi. Do you think Lincoln Riley would have the kind of success at those schools as he did OU? The answer to that is simply no. So I can't buy what On3 has to say, and I can't buy it any time somebody starts pumping up Lincoln Riley because, really, the guy is just Mike Leach. He's just benefited from getting the keys to two of the best programs in college football. And you can say, well, USC was 4-8. and eight. All right, so he was able to pilfer the transfer portal. And he was able to take kids that he got at OU and just plant them at USC and make them better and continues to work the transfer portal. I'm not saying you shouldn't hire him. I'm just saying before we start crowning him as one of the best, you need to strip you need to strip his his record, his legacy down to the bones and look at it for what it is. And what it is, is he's nothing more than a silver spoon. That wraps up this week's edition of the Sooner Schooner Show. I'm Eric G saying thank you so much for joining us this week. Please rate us five stars, give us that written review, and subscribe. May God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to paraphrase, Don Cornelius, love, peace, and boomer sooner.